This is the Lion's Share Podcast, introducing you to the brightest minds and freshest projects in indie film. You can follow us on Twitter at Lion's Share Pod or email me at tannerwadsworth at gmail.com. Um, today with me I have Eric Sandberg, that's the writer and producer of the upcoming rockumentary Teenage Superstars. Uh, it's about the music scene in 1990s Glasgow and he's here to answer some of my questions about uh, indie documentaries. So, welcome Eric. Thank you for having me, Tanner. Thank you. So... Teenage Superstars is a follow-up project, um, or at least that's how it seems to me. Uh, recently, yourself and Grant McPhee uh, came out with The Big Gold Dream, which is a very successful film about the scene in Edinburgh in the 80s. And Teenage Superstars is basically the follow-up. Um, it kind of segues, if you like, from where Big Gold Dream left off, which was the kind of like the end of the first iteration of Postcard Records, Postcard Records being the world-famous, um, Glasgow-based DIY uh, bedroom label, if you like, which released groups such as Orange Juice, Aztec Camera, Joseph K, and even a couple of singles by The Go-Betweens. So Teenage Superstars picks up round about 82, 83, if you like, um, and we pick up with bands like The Pastels, which Teenage Superstars will be featuring, we pick up with groups like the Shop Assistants, who ended up being part of a record label called 53rd and a Third, which a gentleman called Sandy McLean, um, who features in Big Old Dream, started with Stephen Pastel from the Pastels, and I think another person whose name leaves me, I think it might have been the singer from the Shop Assistants. So Teenage Superstars picks up where Big Old Dream le- uh, left off, if you like. So it is a kind of part two, um, but we're not trying to fashion it as that. It's not. We're not making a series. Um, this is just another separate entity from Big Old Dream, um, hence the name. It's not Big Old Dream Part Two. It's called Teenage Superstars. Sure. So that's really that's really where we're at at the moment. Now, talk about the music scene in Glasgow in the '90s. How would that have been different from the scene in Manchester or in London or in LA or New York? What made that special? What made that scene different? I'm not a rock historian. Um, I got involved in producing and writing films by kind of mistake um, (laughs) because I was actually in a band of my own um, and I ran little DIY record labels of my own. So I've got quite a kind of micro... um, I've got quite a kind of micro knowledge of uh, rock history. The only only ways I can kind of compare it, um, Glasgow and... I mean... Let's look at like a group like Nirvana, for example. Um, they were heavily influenced by the Vaselines, who are a group we featured on Teenage Superstars. Um, they were heavily influenced by a group called BMX Bandits, who were heavily influenced um, by Nirvana. So that's kind of where I'm at. It's really difficult for me to uh, kind of geographically... I don't really think the scenes in London and Glasgow and LA certainly are not comparable. I think you could maybe compare um, Edinburgh and Manchester to an extent because that's what we featured in Big Old Dream, i.e. Um, Fast Product was a massive influence on Factory Records. Factory Records being a label that released, um, of course, Joy Division um, and even a early James single. Um, so, yeah, it's really difficult. It's... These, uh, these are different environments. Um, I can only speak for the kind of uh, 
the kind of um, just the kind of maverick um, attitudes that Glasgow has and have have and has got, and also that Edinburgh um, has got, which we documented in Big Gold Dream. Yeah. So as an American, obviously, I'm more familiar with some of the American post-punk bands. But I do think it's a really fascinating premise. I think those those English and those Scottish bands were very influential. You brought up how uh, the Vaselines influenced Nirvana, which of course is a huge band that everybody's heard of. But I think even audiences that maybe aren't familiar with the Vaselines or Joseph K or some of these other bands that you've mentioned, uh, Primal Scream, Teenage Fan Club, BMX Bandits, uh, they'd be surprised how big an influence these bands played on other bands that, that they did know. So that's, that's very fun. Uh, now, you, you said you have some background in a band as well. Um, did that influence the way that you, you wrote or produced this film? Um, I don't think it really influenced the way I wrote this film. Uh, being in a, in a group based in Glasgow kind of gave me, and the kind of respect I got with my own group, it had, um, I, I had kind of connections, if you like, with a lot of the kind of Glasgow uh, bands such as Orange Juice, um, such as Aztec Camera, although Aztec Camera were technically from East Kilbride, which is a little uh, um, kind of new town outside of Glasgow. Basically, how I got involved was by being in a group, um, making music, and having all my kind of peers, you know, it's like that kind of pyramid of like, you know, self actualization. When I was in a band and I, I toured the world and had a lot of fun with that, a lot of, the, a lot of my peers came to my gigs. So where Grant McPhee, the director of both Big Gold Dream and Teenage Superstars, he's more of a kind of Edinburgh guy, right? And um, historically, and a lot of people don't want to admit this, but there is a kind of like paradox or a kind of antithesis, if you like, with Edinburgh and Glasgow, whereby there's a kind of competitive edge. So Grant managed to interview, interview a lot of people in Edinburgh, but he, he kind of hit a brick wall um, whilst he was filming in Edinburgh because... When he approached people in Glasgow, no one really, you know, they, they weren't really sure, they'd never heard of Grant. And that's where, where I kind of came in as a writer and as a producer um, to kind of help Grant make it finish. You had the street cred, people took you seriously? Yeah, <laughs> well, um, maybe, I don't know, possibly, but I did, I certainly filled in some holes uh, for Grant and that's where we're at now, you know. So when I think about making a documentary, I think there's two things that you basically need, right? You need to collect a ton of content. So you're looking for old, you know, footage from whatever era you're, you're recording. And then you're also doing a lot of interviews. Uh, and then the next thing you need is some kind of narrative. So some way to pull a story out of all that content. Um, let's start with the first step, though. How difficult did you find it to arrange those interviews and to find uh, some of the original footage? Was that a struggle? The archive has been pretty easy to find. Um... The original content, i.e., um, you know, getting the, the kind of interviewees, has been a bit of a struggle because, in parallel, other documentaries are currently getting made. So you get this kind of certain people don't want to be interviewed because they're like, well, we're doing another documentary, and I, I, I'm sure Tanner, in time, you will find out which other things are happening. The moment around about the Scottish. Indie scene, but um, yeah, I mean, for example, Davy Henderson, um, who featured, who was a focus really in Big Old Dream, um, it was pretty difficult to get him to agree to an interview, um, and I think that's why the grant came to me because Davy was, um, Davy just kept saying no, no, no. D Davy from Fire Engines is in a band called The Sexual Objects now, 
um, and his at the time he just wanted to. He was like, no, I don't want to. Um, I don't want to look back in the past. You know, I'm doing the sexual objects, and that's the kind of thing I'm looking at now. Um, and maybe, possibly, um, when I became involved, I, I, I've released a seven-inch sexual objects record in the past. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, you just get this. Certain people, and, and that's their prerogative, you know, if people want to do their own film and they've got their own friends that are producers of doing films, and that's fine. But they are, to answer your question, long and short of it, the, the original content has been a bit more difficult to um, source. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. And then uh, the part of it all that's particularly fascinating to me is how you create that narrative. Uh, did you go into the interviews kind of with a, a story in your mind that you were trying to bring out? Or did you just sit down at the editing board and look at everything and try and piece together what emerged naturally? Um, the interviews were, um, they were, I tried to kind of, with the interviews I did, I did the Alan McGee interview, I did the Vic Goddard interview. Um, the thing is with Teenage Superstars and Big Gold Dream is that when we started the project, we didn't realize we had two films. We were going in with the idea of making a film with a postcard. But after you interviewed Norman Blake, Jerry Love from Teenage Fan Club, and then you ended up, then we end up interviewing Eugene and Francis from the Bastings, we kind of realised we had so much content that we had actually two films. So we didn't really go in with any set questions. It was a very kind of natural process. It was like, oh, I mean, Eugene, for example, is in Big Gold Dreaming, talks about how much of an influence orange juice went on the Vaseline's, and then you end up talking to Eugene about Nirvana. So it became quite kind of organic, um, which is quite exciting because now we've got two films. When at the beginning we only uh, we only had the idea of making one film, so I can't really say that there was any set questions we had. Yeah, we would have a kind of broad, um, maybe a dozen or so questions that we would ask. But with Scottish people um, being as friendly as they are, and that's no, um, you know, that's no. Um, that's just a fact when you get talking to anybody any Scottish person you do end up building a certain rapport with some of them others not but that's what the, the interviews were like you do build a rapport even though they're on camera and they end up telling you like all sorts of anecdotes about Nick and um, I don't know an anecdote about Douglas T. Stewart in Bell Cell the first time he met Francis from Vaseline so it just kind of blossomed it was all very organic. There was no kind of contrived um, way of approaching the interviews because, you know, great filmmaking is all about um, the stuff, the little stories that you didn't really expect to hear about anyway. And that's kind of like the product and films that we've ended up with, you know? Uh, yeah, I think that's perfect. I think that's the best case scenario when it works out. Um, so your build as the writer, how much of a script do you have before you started? Or did you write all this as you were looking at footage? Or what does that what does that mean to write a documentary? I don't know. I'm not I'm not really a writer. I'm a songwriter. Um, I just, as I say, I fell into the, these projects completely by mistake. Um, <laughs> in the summer of 2013, you know, that's four years ago. Um, Grant, um, I'd realised Grant. I'd seen some stuff in MySpace. This is going way way back now, man. Um, Grant had uploaded some interviews with the Scars and with Tam, Tam Dean Byrne 
and an interview with someone from, I think it was Malcolm Ross from Orange Juice, and he'd uploaded these little snippets of what he'd been doing. And I actually remember uh, messaging Grant on MySpace, like in the late noughties, and saying, oh, I'd really love to, like, you know, you know, uh, you know, I'm really heavily influenced by Postcard Records. Would you like to interview me? And then, like, four or five years later, I'm sitting in a bar in Glasgow with Grant, who's like, right, I'm ready to finish this film, and I think I'd really like you to help me finish them. This is four years ago now. So, and you have to remember, Grant started filming for not only Teenage Superstars, but Big Gold Dream in 2006. So it's like 11 years ago. So I can't imagine how much of a, how, I mean, Grant must be so happy now that not only is Big Gold Dream out and it's been on the BBC, but Teenage Superstars is going to be premiered in Edinburgh and there's a whole lot of other great shit happening. Um, it's just been really organic, Tanner. I can't really, I, I wouldn't per se say that I'm a, a script writer or a proper film producer, but weirdly other people I've seen what I've been doing with Grant of, and of, of people like me have emailed me film scripts now. They're like, can you look at this? And I'm like, um, yeah, but I'm not really, I'm not a real film producer. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really odd, you know, it's really odd. Uh, yeah, life comes at you fast. I think that's yeah. fantastic. It's, it's fun for me to see how many different ways people get into indie film. You know, you don't have to study at, you know, New York University to be successful at it. So... I don't know how much you follow this, but uh, recently it seems like documentaries are kind of breaking out. Uh, so this year there were at least three major documentaries that made a lot of money. There was Before the Flood, uh, OJ Made in America, those were big productions. Um, but there was one called I Am Not Your Negro, it was just a, an indie film that's done really well. They're breaking all kinds of uh, boundaries and records as far as the money that they're making. Um, do you think indie documentary making is something you'd continue to do, or where do you imagine going from here? Yeah, I mean. I've got one script um, by uh, really one of my favourite Scottish arts artists of all time. So I've been get, I've been given one script that I'm really working hard at at the moment, um, and it's it's a really special special artist and writer. So um, I mean, like last week I met a guy called Ian Smith who produced the. Uh, Fury Road, you know, the, the latest Mad Max film? Yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm working on one thing at the moment, um, apart from, you know, the, the music documentaries. So it has been pretty crazy for me. I've met some really amazing, big, proper big-time um, producers. So, um, yeah, I can definitely see... But, you know, it's interesting what you say about, you know, uh, going to New York. You know, I, I actually, I, I was in New York in last, last summer, and we screened uh, Big Old Dream at NYU. Um, a really nice guy there called Sutif Sandu, who's a kind of film critic for The Guardian, put us on. And I screened Big Old Dream uh, at Rough Trade in Williamsburg. So it has been... Um, yeah, get back to your question. Yeah, uh, for any kind of um, filmmaker out there that really wants to do it, I don't really think... Going to un university and going to college and having to learn all this shit. I mean, I've just done it just by, you know, and being myself and um, just being trying to be personable and be talkative and just chatting to people. Like, um, you don't really need, need to go to university to make it in the film business. I mean, I, I'm sure it does help, but um, if you just stick at something and and that's the thing about 
any art or any kind of creative pursuit. I was in a band and I ran labels. Things kind of segue on. You kind of tend to, you kind of meet people in, in the kind of chosen creative pursuit that you're in and you end up doing other things anyway. You might not make any money from being in the band. You might not make any money from being in the film or producing a film or writing a film, but you still have a great time doing it. I've been speaking with Eric Sandberg. That's the writer and producer of uh, Teenage Superstars, which is a documentary that's about to be released at the, uh, is premiering at the Edinburgh International Film Festival. That's right? Yeah, June, end of June, yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. So look for that. Um, who knows where it'll go from there, but uh, Big Old Dream, which preceded this, was shown on the BBC. It's available to watch anywhere. Um, so stay tuned. It's, a, I think, a really interesting look at a kind of a, a forgotten chapter of music history. The music scene in Glasgow in the 1990s, a lot of small bands that were, were really influential to other big bands that you might have heard of, like Nirvana and kind of their stories. So thanks, Eric. Thank you.